Hey, broken salespeople. So today we're talking about nonverbal communication and a major myth that's been around the industry for far too long. That's today on the Broken Salespeople podcast. Hey, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. So today I wanna talk about nonverbal communication. And I wanna talk about it in a few different ways. One, I wanna talk about the myth associated with nonverbal communication. And I wanna debunk that because it's gone on for way too long and it's become this shorthand for people who wanna sound intelligent, but didn't actually read the book, um, didn't read the study, didn't look into it any deeper. They just looked at the headline number. Then I wanna talk a little bit more about the nonverbal communication you see and what it means to you as a salesperson. So the study I wanna talk about, the myth I wanna shoot down right away is how important nonverbal communication is. Yes, it is absolutely important. Don't get me wrong, otherwise I wouldn't be doing an episode on it. But the idea that all, all of communication, um, only 7% of communication is nonverbal, is an absolute myth. Think about it very, very quickly. If 93% of information of communication was nonverbal, why would anyone have to learn a language ever? There's no point. If we could communicate at 93% without using a single word, then there would be no point in going out and downloading Duolingo. That's very easily debunked, but how did that myth come to be? In the 1960s, there was a UCLA professor by the name of Morabian, and he did a study that kind of caught fire, similar to the way that the study about alphas and Donald Meck um, took, um, took fire back in around the same time in 1968, um, and similar to the same way that the idea of type A personalities uh, caught fire with two cardiologists. The idea of only 7% of communication being nonverbal was based on a very, very overly simplistic study. The study took part, it had two parts to it. The first part is Dr. Morabian or Professor Morabian had a woman say the same word three different ways. That word was maybe. She had to say it once positively, once negatively, and one neutrally. And people were had to guess what the intent of that word was. Was that person being positive, negative, or neutral? And you could pick that up very quickly. This being a podcast, I can do it right now for you. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You could hear the difference in all three without even seeing any of my visual cues. You, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my face change. So by judging just that one word, that one performance, he started to extrapolate that the word itself doesn't matter. You could understand her without taking the word into account. He followed up with a second part of the study. This time, it consisted of nine words. Three words were inherently positive, three words inherently neutral, three words inherently negative. The three positive words, uh, honey, dear, and thanks, the three neutral words, maybe, 
really, and O, O-H. And then the three negative words is don't, terrible, and brute, like brutal. After he did this study, he came up with that statistic that 93% of all communication was nonverbal. However, he didn't judge based on paragraphs, sentences, or even phrases. He judged it based on a single word. That is, by definition, incomplete data. Um, but once that study was published and really caught fire and really got to become popular, everybody who uses pseudoscience started citing that idea that 7% of communication is verbal, the other 90% is how you say it. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage, and it doesn't take much critical thought to think it through. I'm not saying the study was flawed. I'm saying the headlines, the coverage of the study was flawed. So that doesn't mean that nonverbal communication isn't important. You should be able to understand and read the emotions, the intent of your potential customers. And there's really two sciences that come down to this. Um, one is body language and the other is micro expressions. I'm going to talk about body language first because people really tend to overcomplicate it. You have, the easiest way to see most body language is whether it's a self-soothing behavior. See, there's plenty of people who overcomplicate it. There's plenty of people who look into FBI stats and try to read the person in the interrogation chair. That's not the way it is. See, it's not that because their arms cross, are crossed that they are closed off. It's that they're self-soothing. It's that they're nervous. They are literally giving themselves a hug in order to feel better. There's some level of discomfort, so they close their arms. That doesn't mean that they're closed off. It just means they're nervous in some way. Same thing if the legs are crossed. They're trying to become more comfortable. They're trying to relax. When somebody is completely relaxed, you see them kind of melt into the chair a little bit more. Likewise, when people touch their face, they touch their nose, they touch their eyes, they touch the back of their neck. This is self-soothing behavior. If you study martial arts or if you study uh, acupuncture, you'll notice that the places that people tend to touch are pressure points. They're literally trying to relieve the pressure in their own bodies by touching the back of their neck, by touching the spot between their eyebrows. Um, I actually use the spot between the eyebrows for my daughter when I'm trying to get her to sleep. I use a single finger and I rub it down her nose to mimic the feeling of her closing her eyes. It is a soothing behavior because she's being cranky and won't go to sleep. When you see your customers doing this, it means they're nervous about something. It means something's uncomfortable. Sometimes the best thing to do at that point is stop and address, hey, something doesn't seem right. I, I don't see a lot of enthusiasm here. What is making you nervous? What don't you like about this right now? Give them the opportunity to say something doesn't smell right. Have the confidence in yourself and in your own product to give them the opportunity to voice dissent. 
the last style of nonverbal communication that people generally talk about is microexpressions. Uh, back in the early 2000s, there was a popular show on Fox called Lie to Me that starred Tim Roth. Um, it was a police procedural. Um, the edge to it, the slight change, was that Tim Roth's character played a guy who was an expert in microexpressions. His life, the life of Cal Lightman, who was the, the main character in the show, was based on a real scientist. Uh, the real scientist's name was Paul Ekman. Ekman studied in New Guinea. He studied native tribes. And when he was doing so, he started to notice that the facial expressions, even among people in native tribes, showed the same emotions that people all over the world had. The facial expression did not hide the true emotion. It did not hide the real feelings that the person had. He narrowed these micro expressions into seven different categories. And he said that these micro expressions, which are as quickly as quick as one fifteenth of a second, denote one of these seven emotions. Um, this is anger, disgust, fear, sadness, happiness, surprise, and contempt. Within one fifteenth of a second, as soon as that emotion passes, it goes through the limbic system, you can see on a person's face what they are really feeling. Now, this is not an exact science. This is something that it has some merit to it, but has kind of become a uh, a quick read. Um, it's there to give you an idea. It's not something that you're necessarily going to become an expert in right away, or even when you are an expert, won't give you some false tells. The idea when you start watching for micro expressions is you need to start noticing patterns more than a single scrunched face. If you start seeing that look of contempt flash multiple times, you need to address the issue. You need to slow down, talk about what's going on, and change the direction. Make sure you're keeping an eye out for these things. Um, there is a lot more that you could read about nonverbal communication, and I'll probably do another episode about it at some point in the future. But this is enough for you to get started on the journey. Start looking into it all. Um, particularly in body language and in terms of micro expressions, those are two great topics to start diving into. But don't take them as gospel. I warn you not to take them as gospel. Somebody could be acting up because their back is in pain, because they have a sciatic nerve problem. If you dive too deep into them being uncomfortable with the deal when you're actually high-riding a disability that they have, you can talk yourself out of things. Take your time. Study this. Be patient. Mark the things away, but don't take it as the pure truth. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, please take the time to like, subscribe, review, all of which helps the channel out quite a bit. And if there's, and until next time, please go fix yourself.